Before we get started uh, this morning, I want to underscore something Sloan said about this week. It is Holy Week, and until I went to Signal Mountain, Holy Week wasn't something set aside for, for me or in, in my pattern of life as, as something that I observed throughout the week. It was always just sort of Palm Sunday, and then you just waited for Easter. But, uh, but when I went to Signal Mountain, uh, a friend of mine began to, to underscore each of the, the days of Holy Week. And I, I want to invite you into that pattern as well. So this week, beginning tomorrow, we'll start with, uh, with communion. And it's come and go. So you, you, you really literally come in, you, you sit until there's a group, uh, and, uh, and the group that's uh, gathered around the table in the sanctuary is finished, and then you'll come up, receive communion, and, and then you'll go. There's a brief meditation, and, uh, and that's it. And then in the successive days, Tuesday and Wednesday, you can come. Uh, there's a typo in your bulletin. You can come at any point during the day after uh, noon and, uh, and, and go into the sanctuary and write down a prayer request. It can be anonymous. It can, you can sign your name. And, and you'll see other people's prayer requests there, too. And if you put a little hashtag there, just a little notch that says you prayed for that. And then, uh, then Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and then Easter Sunday. It's a great way for us to really to ramp up, to, uh, to observe what it is, uh, which is the, the greatest uh, celebration and day uh, in the history of the world. And so, uh, and so when I put it that way, uh, it kind of gives us a little leverage, doesn't it? <laughs> so let's pray together before we get started. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, we've been looking at the distinctives that come from seeing Jesus give us impressions of what God is really like. We've looked and been reminded that there's kind of a division between East and West. There's a difference between the way that the East views God and the West. There's a difference between uh, observing God through a lens of the law versus a lens of grace. Let me read to you a, a quotation from a spiritual giant in Canada from the last generation. What comes to mind when thinking about God is the most important thing about us. The most significant fact about anyone is not what he may say or do at a given time, but what he or she in their deep heart considers God to be like. The way we picture God, the way we meditate on them, the way that we dwell on them, the... the uh, the, the way that is framed up in our mind and heart and soul, it, it, it comes out naturally. It just comes out in the way that, that we live and move and have our being. There was a book by J.B. Phillips that was really popular uh, uh, you know, a, a generation ago, and I, I think it's worth rediscovering. It's a very short book, and it's called Your God is Too Small. And what he does in that, in that little book is... He shows, he puts these little images on the way that we think about God that is just too small for the human spirit. A guy named Kurt Cloninger is an actor, and he took some of these images, and, uh, and he will act them out. I've seen him in a number of different conferences where he'll come out, and he has all these props, and he'll put a little, you know, he'll put a little uh, 
towel over his, his arm and, and pretend he's a, a waiter. And uh, he'll, he'll, he'll act out uh, the, the kind of God that we think of when we think of this sort of eternal ATM, right? And, and, and he'll, he'll act out this sort of wimpy picture of, of Jesus that sometimes creeps into our thinking as, as we mistake uh, meekness for weakness. It's crucial that we understand and, and get these different impressions of, of what God is like through how Jesus lived his life, including the, the idea of, uh, of, of, of mystery. There is a certain mystique, of course, that remains and, and as there should be. And we're going to look today at Jesus, the way Jesus shows us this, this, the mystery of God with respect to, to how it really affects us. We're going to look at the mystery of God and experience it this morning as we read this passage from Luke in the way that mystery affects us, and that is in terms of our wants and our needs. Our wants versus our needs. Isn't the mystery of God most sharp to us or the most present to us or, or perhaps the most difficult for us? when we confuse our wants and our needs. Sometimes we want things that are not good for us. And we wonder where God is in delivering on what we think we need. Now, is it not true that every one of us has wanted something that's not good for us? <laughs> right? Don't have to have a show of hands this morning. You have wanted something that is not good for you. Now imagine that, that you, you got it, all right? Imagine that you had a little, you know, genie lamp and you could rub that lamp and have three wishes. And now think about that thing that you're glad you didn't get, right? Think about that thing. And, and, and imagine that, that, that you could have gotten it. Now, actually, you, you don't have to imagine it because each one of us has done this. We've, we've bullied our way. We've charmed our way into getting what we want. And at times we regret it. When I was growing up, there was an actual, an actual golden retriever. Now, this is a cliche, but the, 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 I actually saw this. An actual golden retriever that would chase the mail truck, all right? And we used to joke about it, right? What would, right? What would the, the, what would the dog do with the mail truck if he actually caught it, right? What would he do? And we would stand around and, and, and kid about watching this golden retriever run down the street trying to catch the mail truck. What would he do? And... and and, and, and that's true for some of our wants as well, is it not? There are some things you want that are just too big for you, or at the time, perhaps it's your ambition, or, or, or maybe it's a desire that's just out of sync with what you really, really need. And yet we want it, and we want it when? When do we want our wants? When do you want what you want? Now. now. And we wonder, where's God? And we're so quick to accuse the one who says, I'm your heavenly father. What, what father, if the son or daughter asked for a fish, would give him a stone? And we question where he is when we don't get what we want. The mystery of God is most felt when we're in that place where we're not getting what we want, is it not? And so how do we make peace with the mystery 
of God. From Luke chapter 5, starting with verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. They'd given up, really, is what it was. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. The carpenter talking to the fisherman. And Simon answered, Master, we we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so they began to sink. (laughs) This is really pretty funny if you pause and think about it for just a second. But when, I guess unless you were in the boat, that might be a problem. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying... Depart from me. What's going on there? Think about that. What's going on? Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John and the sons of of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Well, may God bless us today through this, his holy word. How do we make peace with the mystery of God? Especially when we're in that place where we're not getting what we want. We need to make peace with the delay. We need to make peace when God's calling us deeper, and we need to make peace with the fact that we're called to depend. So three D's today. Delay, deeper, and depend. So first, the first way of, the first part of making peace with the mystery of God, when we're not getting what we want, is the delay. The delay between what we want, and what we really, really need. Sometimes we get those out of order. We, you and I put our wants here and our needs there, and, and we don't always understand uh, what their order should be in. And yet we, we presume to think that we know what's best for us. We put our wants, sometimes we get our wants ahead of what we really, really need. You can see from the passage here uh, that that Peter is is somebody who is is recognizing that there's more going on than meets the eye. You can can tell from the, the way that Jesus enters on this day that we celebrate on Palm Sunday, meekly on the foal of a donkey, as one 
not as a conquering king, but somebody who is coming to be a suffering servant. The humility of a king entering on the foal of a donkey. That, in that day and age, is what that represented. Rather than coming in on a charging steed for war, a king would enter into a, a, a conquered uh, people or a conquered city to win the peace. And see, the mystery, of, the mystery of Jesus' presence on this earth is that there was more going on than meets the eye. That, that there was a delay that what he was bringing wasn't necessarily what everybody desired, and that was freedom from Roman occupation, for the Jews to be able to be restored to the glory uh, which, which they said once upon a time was theirs. And, and, and so Jesus was the Messiah, and the Messiah was supposed to, 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 to come in in a way that, that they expected was a now thing. Now we're going to get what we want. Now we're going to to have our our dignity as a people restored. Now the Romans will be pushed out. And yet Jesus has come for more. The Roman Empire doesn't even exist anymore. And what Jesus continues to do is conquer the human heart. He had so much more going on, so much bigger things than you could tell in the moment. And it's true for us. Day to day, moment to moment, you think of that, that song, that Garth Brooks song. Uh, I thank God for unanswered prayers. Have you ever had an unanswered? And that, that, that's sort of a shallow way of, of putting it, actually, because, because what we're, when, we're saying, when we're saying, I thank God for unanswered prayers, we're, we're actually saying, I'm thanking God for answering my prayer and giving me a fish when I was asking for a stone. I didn't know at the time I was asking for a stone, and, and he had in mind for me, something even even greater. We don't always know in the moment whether what we want is ahead of what we really need. It, it, this, this, this passage always reminds me of, of a great story about a man uh, and his, his son and his horse. Uh, he had a, this beautiful, beautiful horse, and everybody in the village uh, admired this horse. And, and one day the horse ran away, and the people said, well, what a... What a what a, what a shame, you've been cursed. He said, well, how do you know it's not a blessing? A few days later, the horse comes back, and, uh, and he's trailing a, a, another horse, a wild stallion. And all the people said, wow, that's amazing, what a blessing. And he said, how do you know it's not a curse? And his son, his son went to break this, uh, this stallion, and he was, he was riding it, and he was thrown off, and he broke his hip. And all the people in the village said, oh, what a curse. And his father said, how do you know it's not a blessing? And pretty soon, their, their village was sucked up into this, uh, the country's war with a, a neighboring country. And all the men of his son's age were called into service. And, and, and most of the, of the young men in that, in that village were, were killed. And everyone recognized that the broken hip was not a curse. But a blessing. We don't always know in the moment. We don't always know. We cannot see around the circumstances of our desires. We don't always know. We, we think what we know is best for us, and, and we think that what we want when we want it now is what's best for us. 
And yet Jesus comes. He comes and he's holding back. And you can see from this, 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 this scene in this boat just a little thimbleful of the power that he has and the ability that he has. And you recognize that this, this is the God whom we serve. This is the, the, the power of the risen Lord Jesus in your life. And you wonder, where is it when you want what you want when you want it? And what he's, he's calling us to is to wait. Is to wait. We have to make peace with the delay to make peace with the mystery of God. And second, we, we need to make peace with the call to deeper waters. Simon is called out into deeper waters in this, but what I'm talking about is, is as, as an image, that's an image to, to deeper places in your relationship with God and your, your relationship with people. We need to make, make peace with the call to, to deeper waters. And sometimes that means when we want something, we simply have to trust. We have to trust that, that God is up to something else when we're waiting. He's up to something else. He's up to something, always up to something. I, I love watching when I do premarital counseling. It's, it's, it really is fun for me. I really enjoy it because I can look back and I look at the mistakes that I used to make. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll talk more about that another time. But I, I love watching uh, the, the exchange, the back and forth, and, and couples trying to talk to each other. And I, I go through this little fun little exercise, and it's always, it, it's always the same every time. It's just the same thing every time. Uh, the, 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 the gal is trying to say something, and the guy is absolutely clueless. It's, it's always the same every time. And, and I can hear what she's saying because I'm sort of a, you know, a, a, a watching from, from third party, and he's not getting it. And I'm saying, just repeat it back to her. Just repeat back. Don't, don't, try, to, don't try to force it or whatever. Just repeat it back. And, uh, and he'll repeat it back. And, and so, so what you're saying is that you don't like it when I don't call when I'm supposed to be. And, and, uh, and she's saying, that's right. And then she goes a little farther. She goes a little deeper, you see. She's inviting him under the surface of what her real fear is. And, and she says, just come with me a little deeper. And, and he's, he's just being present, and he's trusting, right? If he's willing, he's just being present with her, and he's trusting that, that this is going to go somewhere. And it's just a simple, silly little exercise. And then, then she says it again. She says, yeah, because, because sometimes when you don't call, I think maybe, maybe you don't care. And he says, Okay, so you're saying that when I call, I don't care? And he just sort of parrots it back, and she says, yeah, yeah, and that's, that's been something that I've been wrestling with for a long time. I, I mean, how do I know that you... And, and so now you're getting deeper and deeper into it, and all he's doing is trusting and being present with her. It's just amazing to watch this happen over and over and over and over again and recognizing that, that, that sometimes... If we're willing to let go of something, we can get to a deeper place in our relationship with God and, and with each other. And, and that is the word control. 
Now, I'm sorry, I'm, you got to better pull your toes in because this might crunch a little bit. But, but you know, we're, we're in, we're in uh, a room full of, of achievers and, and people who are used to having things their own way. We're used to people showing up on time and things starting and stopping on time. We're used to things being under our control. But the, 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 the thing is, is, is that there is a, is a place when we want something that might, there, there might be something more going on in that moment. And there almost always is. When you want something, when there's a desire and it's not being met and, and you feel that sense of anxiety rising up in you and, and you want to just kind of close your grip on it a little bit and choke it until you get what you want when you want it, you may be missing the opportunity to be present and to trust. I love the image. You, you cannot push a string. You ever tried to push a string? You ever tried to push a string? What happens to a string when you push it? It just bunches up, right? It just kind of tangles up. And that's what happens life on life with, with each other when we try to push each other along or when, when I'm going to be in control of this situation and you're not. And we miss the opportunity to get under the news and the sports and the weather. And we miss the opportunity to get to a place where there's a deep breath and a step back and there's a trust and a presence in the moment with people in your life that you're pushing into bunches all around you. And Jesus is saying, he's saying to Peter, just throw your nets out. I know you've been at this. I know you're a fisherman. I'm a carpenter. And just throw your nets out and just do it. Just, just throw it out the net. Just throw it out. And he says, because you say so, all right, I'm going to take you at your word. Because you say so. There, there are times in, in our, our life of faith where we just have to say, you know what? Because he said so. Just because he said, I don't get it. I can't see around it. I don't understand it. But because he said so, I, I'm just going to do what he's, what he's saying to do. And watch what happens in you to get to a place where there's a, a deeper a deeper sense of call, a deeper presence with God, a deeper trust. You've felt it on occasion, haven't you? I mean, you've felt it like, like where uh, you weren't trying to pursue a life of pleasure or a life of satisfaction or your wants when you want what you want, when you want it, and you've kind of been at peace. You, you can think of those moments where it's been a starry night or it's a beautiful day or, or maybe it's just a quiet house at dawn before everybody gets up and you take a deep breath and you, you're just kind of glad to be in that moment. You've felt those moments. How do you get that throughout the day? How do you get more of that throughout your life? How do you make peace with the mystery of God when we... Don't get what we want when we want it. There's a place of peace that you can achieve, but sometimes we have to just simply trust him. Do what he's asking. Throw the nets out, even though we've tried and tried and tried. Let go of that control a little bit and even practice some of that with the people around you. And sometimes it's just simply saying, look, Lord, you've got me in this place and I'm waiting for life to begin or I've, I've, I feel like most of my life is just sort of uh, just preparation for what? And, and, and he's saying, just hang in there. Just keep doing the next thing. Just, just do good work. And trust me, maybe that's where you are. And that takes you to the deeper, deeper water. 
place where we make peace with the mystery of God as we let go of some of that control and we simply do the next thing. We do the next thing he's asking us. Because ultimately making peace with the mystery of God when we want what we want and our wants are ahead of our needs is a matter of getting to a place that feels really strange to us. And it's that third D, dependence. Depending on God. Being a person who, who trusts enough to depend. Not on our own steam, not on our own ingenuity, not our, on our own ability and skills, but simply somebody who, at the deepest place of their life, the place where, where, where nobody else can see, at the place where no one's watching, there is a quiet and a calm because of a call to depend, even in the midst of the things that you're not getting. Dependence seems so strange because so much of life is, is trying to make ourselves independent and skillful, right? I mean, so much of, of life is just simply trying to get those skills that help us uh, become what we dream we could become. And yet, here's this contradiction where we're being asked to depend depend, to depend upon God. I, I love this scene where Peter just, he kind of, it, it's like the prodigal son, where in the, in the prodigal son where he says, he came to himself, right? It, 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 he's sitting there with the pigs and he's eating and, he's, and he realizes that he's, he's, he's supposed to be somewhere. He's, he comes to himself. Peter is sitting there and he's recognizing there's something very, bizarre going on. The word says amazed. They were amazed. That, that, that's not, that, that word is freighted with a lot more meaning than, than comes across. They were like dumbfounded. They were just absolutely stunned. Maybe that's it. They were stunned. They were frightened, right? I mean, imagine. This, it's hard to get people to imagine this. It's hard for even me to, even as I'm sitting there just trying to imagine, what would it be like to fish all night long and then just put out, right, you're, you've just gotten back, it's been, it's been a joke, right? And then, and then here comes this carpenter, he says, put out a little deeper in the water and let down your nets again, and then all of a sudden they're filled and they're breaking and you have to call the, your buddies over with another boat or you're going to, you're going to sink, right? I mean, I, I always liken it to sort of thinking about a wild animal like a lion or a tiger, and the difference between saying, what if there were a tiger and in, in that, you know, behind that door in the kitchen? And then opening the door and seeing it standing there, growling, right? Can you kind of picture, put yourself in that moment? That's Peter's moment. That's Peter's moment. He's realizing, am I safe? <laughs> right? I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm a sinful guy. I'm, a, I'm not, this is, I'm in the presence of, I mean, he's at the burning bush. And nobody has to tell him, remove your shoes. Nobody has to tell him that. He knows it automatically, instinctively. He realizes he needs to remove his shoes. He needs to get out of there. He wants to bolt. He realizes that the contrast between who he is and who Jesus is is so dramatic that what does he want to do? He wants to continue to what? He wants to continue to, to make life work for him apart from God. He wants to get away from him. He wants to deal with it on his own. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll get things better, and then I'll come back, and I'll, and I'll interact with, with this guy. He wants to get out of there quickly. Isn't that what we want to do? And sometimes it means 
when, we, when, when the Lord reveals to us our deep dependence from the condition that we have of sin, and we've done it again, oh, we've, we've strayed again, we've messed up again. And we think, we, think, we tell ourselves this, we th- tell ourselves that this time God's not going to forgive. This, this time w- w- we need to just simply just try harder and make things better, and then we'll come back and, and talk to him. And you know what? When, when we stand there with our sin and we look at, 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 at Jesus on the cross when we don't receive his forgiveness, when we, when we think we have to go do something to earn it, you know what we're saying? This is what we're saying. We're looking into the face of Jesus on the cross with his arms stretched out with the blood running down, and we're saying, that's not good enough for me. I, I, I say it that way to, 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 to stun you into the place where you're called, and that is to depend, depend on him. This Holy Week, is there, is there a place where there's a delay in your life and, and you need to trust? Is there a call to the deeper? Is, is there time for you this week to get some quiet moments in preparation for next Sunday to mark this season of your life in a totally different way? To look upon the cross in a way that says, that act was equal to my greatest need. And to be able to then achieve, not for yourself, but through his loving care, a place of peace, moment to moment, conversation to conversation, day to day, with the mystery of God, even when we're not getting what we want. Let's pray together. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, how we thank you for the greatness of your abiding presence with us which sometimes we sense and sometimes we're, we're too busy chasing after the next thing. Lord, in this season of sacrifice and forgiveness, help us to go deeper. Help us to stand and wait. Help us to do what you've asked us to do and receive life with open hands and trusting hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.